run, run. Do run, run, run. I do run, run. Ripping Balls album review playlist. What a mouthful. That's what she said. Now that you've dropped your uh, microphone down the bin. Just, you know, making the springs go twang. I'm recording from a kitchen. If you're wondering about all the background noise. Well, maybe we can sell it to ASMR feeds as well. Yes. Dripping balls. We're back. No basketball to talk of still. Yeah. Just tunes. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to go out on a limb straight up. I've got a unifying theory of two of the albums this week. Oh, Christ. Here we go. Fistus is Pizzo. <laughs> I, I actually think Metric and Telekinetic Yeti go exceptionally well together. In fact, I struggled to listen to these two albums apart this week. And this is why. Because after the whimsical sort of arty pop of, of Metric... Is that what it is? What I really wanted was some... some doom-laden sludgy riffs and then after some sludgy riffs i'm like i need something light to cleanse my brain i'm gonna listen to metric (laughs) i love these two albums together i thought thought they worked awesome together well i'm just thrilled you found a use for metric can you explain (laughs) to me what the fucking point of that album was i don't know it's been rainy and cloudy here and uh, i I, I just i just found yeah yeah it's called fucking la nina it's everywhere I went to the the sunny part of the South Island where it's sunny 300 days a year and it fucking rained for a week. Maybe that influenced your uh, your overview. Oh, like, uh, no, I, I didn't. I, I was I was hoping we'd we'd like like Boris Johnson. I'd, I was hoping we'd just fucking regress to imperial measurements. Metric were not my thing at, at, at any stage this week. I still I've listened to this album multiple times. I don't know what it's for. I don't know who it's for. I don't even remember it. It's just an, I know I I think. I, I, I think I listened to this somewhere in the, in the fucking alt metrics. It says that I listened to this album. I don't recall anything about it, but I don't think it was positive. I sort of felt it was like Roxette trying to do uh, an album of Jezebel covers. That's where I sort of landed. Uh, not as good as the Jezebel. I would land somewhere else. <laughs> I would suggest you take off from that location and nuke it from orbit. <laughs> so that's it. That's uh, that's me done for the Joker album this week, folks. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I just couldn't get the point of this album, and and maybe that's just me being fucking knuckle dragging uh, guitar rock dude, but I just didn't. None of this spoke it, to it me. It was very, I mean, tried very to. light, it spoke and, me, but it didn't. And, and that Jezebel's thing of sort of going. F- um, didn't we do a Jezebel's album that was like one track on it that was good? Yeah, no, I'm more talking about their... T- Which was, it was a fucking banger, that one track. 2011 album was the one I think I really liked. Um, but they do, they do the same sort of thing where they sort of go from a, a, a meandering, you know, try and then trying to power into the chorus. Like, that's that's their thing. And this, But this had a sort of... A much more LaRue 80s tinge to it, which is where I sort of got the Roxette thing. But the, I, I guess where... Late LaRue, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, not... not Subprime LaRue. Subprime LaRue. Um, her voice is not great, though. Um, it, it, if that's what you're trying to do with it, it's a little yeah. bit kind of cutesy. Mm. 
That's the word I've been looking for. Cutie it, is a, is a great description of this music. There's a so lot that of that kind of work, but it, that vocal works for Janet on uh, from Spider Bait. It doesn't yeah. really work for this, and I'm uh, not the, 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 quite the, sure why. Yeah, because there's not the back. There's not the same backbone, yeah. which is where I sort of settled with the Jezebel scene because I went back and listened to that Jezebel's album, and they had much stronger female vocals, and, and also a much stronger backline of drums and and, yeah. and bass to sort of when 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 it kicked in, it kicked in a lot harder, whereas this was, yeah, much... Whimsical was where I sort of got with it, because... Um, with Janet, you always had that heavily layered irony underneath it, because they were generally trying to take the piss... They were, they were doing a tribute to a certain genre while taking the piss out of it at the same time. So doing, like, a Jackson 5 number or whatever it was. It was it was multi, It was was a multi-layered attempt at, at doing, the, doing the bit. Yeah, well, I... I quite like listening to this this week, so... I didn't. <laughs> I did not. And but, there ends our uh, review of Metric. But I enjoyed the sheer volume of noise that was shifted per cubic metre mm. by the gentleman, and there are only two of them, surprisingly enough, of Telekinetic Yeti. I saw a live clip of these guys. It is a two-piece. Wow. It's freaking white stripe spec. A drummer and, and one dude just just going at it with a pick and a distorted bass and just, uh, well, I suppose probably, to be fair, more like um, raw blood spec, but uh, they can shift some noise. So, so Are all the noises good? Not all of them are good, but most of them are good-ish, depending if that's if you just want to hear the same riff play over and over again. If you like that, then there's a whole lot of and that's, that's you know... For Ginger Jung fans, it's good. There was, a, there was a couple of cool little flourishes. Like, um, Stoned Ape Theory had that little sort of, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, you know, that, is it almost Guns N' Roses-ish? You know, that really high register little guitar riff over the top there of was the a, sludgy, 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 sludgy riff. There was, was a the genuine, like, hasn't been seen in the world since the 80s, guitar solo. There was yeah. a literal, there was a track that was just a guitar solo. And I was like... Fucking Eddie Van Holo didn't die for this. This is amazing. Bust yeah. this shit out. I, I did appreciate the unironic fist in the air guitar solo. And I did give a little bit of a break from the, the relentless, monotonous. But even with the. They, they still carried it to the point where. I mean, you, you wanted to hear something else at the end of the album, but it wasn't like you got halfway through the album and went, I want to hear something else. No, and, and it was enough that I wanted to go back and revisit it again. Like, it wasn't like I listened to it once and went, oh, yeah, that was pretty good, but I've had enough. I, I sort of came in, like, the first track hit, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, but it's much faster than those yeah. sort of doom-laden Seattle era. It's, it's proper doom-heavy. Doom it's, yeah. it's not just grunge. I'm a bit sad about, you know... My no. bringing in my lack of male role models, but it's not—it's not not relentless and upsetting, you know. And a lot of, like a lot of um, sort of uh, like death metal and, and general miserableness uh, gets to be. Are they Scandinavian? I just assumed they were Scandinavian. Oh, I think they're deep South America. Ah, oh, okay. Well, yeah, fair enough. They, they don't like actually—they don't actually have a bio. They're not that. I think I—I I think I looked them up on the internets, and that's how I discovered them um, doing a. Not, not, not quite a tiny desk, but some kind of live direction. <laughs> Could you imagine? Imagine the doing state of the desk. would be awesome. Yeah, just imagine the state of the desk after that. It would just be, just be 
Kindling. <laughs> Tiny stack of kindling. Um, yeah, if you like heavy music, uh, check these guys out. These that they can they can fucking shift some decibels. Uh, Should we check in with the Viagra Boys? We did yeah. check in with them last year, and they released an album that was, um, I suppose, totally a bit more variant to this. This felt like they were on a theme, and they were on a particularly a a theme of imagine what it must be like to be inside Corey Irving's head. Because <laughs> it was a whole lot of stuff about um, 5G and vaccines and adenochrome and maybe we all need to leave society and become monkeys again. Um, which I took as satire. I don't literally think they mean... I don't think they literally mean that we should do those things. Um, jury's out. You could interpret it a different way if you chose. Do your own research. Uh, yeah. I can't say I was. There's just this is one of those albums that a little bit like Metric for You just slid off my brain. Like I literally listened to this album an hour and a half ago, and I was like, "Which of these songs do I like?" I liked about maybe half a dozen of them, but the ones I didn't like, I didn't like enough for me to go. This is not an album that I'm going to be listening to again this year. It, um, it was just, I appreciate what they're trying to do, and I respect the bit, but it doesn't make me want to listen to the tracks. And that's generally how I feel about the, oh, what is it, the cognitive um, cognitive parafunction theory, whatever the track is about, the fact that, you know, the, the way that we came down from the trees has compromised us in a way that means that we're susceptible to bullshit. Uh, on the internet or whatever the, the theory behind that song was. Um, I actually looked at the lyrics because I couldn't understand what they were on about. Um, mm. But yeah, there's, the tracks, the best tracks are the ones that don't actually lean into, the, into their theory about leaving society and becoming a monkey again. Um, the one that they got old mate from Sleaford's in is decent. You know, there's a couple of, it's, it's all kind of, it's much more kind of blues register, little sarcastic ditties on this album. Which wasn't a thing they really did a lot of on Welfare Jazz with the album we listened to last year. Um, in the end, it's an album I don't like any more than Welfare Jazz, uh, but it's a different album than Welfare Jazz, and that might make people think differently about listening to it. Or not? Who cares? You'll be I have happy a dog to... with a squeaky toy. That probably could, you know. Surprised <laughs> I didn't gonna... use that as an outro for one of their songs. We got to uh, we got to do a squeaky Luna. toy filter now. It's not quite the crickets, is it? Those crickets were pretty poor. Luna, if you're um, going to be on the mic, you've got to come over here. Silly puppy. I, uh, I threw I threw some black keys on for the boys this week. Like, you know, not just in a playlist. I'm just like, I, I can't remember where the question came up. I think I was listening to the, the latest single and they're like, oh, what's this? And I said, oh, I'll put, put some on. Uh, and we're about three tracks in and Hilo d- declared to me, this, this stuff's pretty good. Hmm. It's like, yeah. This sounds like music for really old people, Dad. <laughs> well, they don't really know what old people music You're is. Washed. <laughs> You're washed. Well, they, they'll they say that no matter what I play, so, um, yeah. Uh, I didn't give uh, you much for that, did I? No. <laughs> um, Was it early or late, Black Keys? No, no, just like literally just oh, everything. Just, just sell out black keys. Recent black keys. No, no, not when just, they were just, good. I liked them when they were good. Play black keys is is literally <laughs> what I told told the speaker. Play the black keys. Play black keys and read all our mind thoughts. Oh, steal all our mind thoughts. Um, 
Well, I'm not going to go where I thought I was going to go because it's a little bit too light considering... Also, the roads are all cut from floodwater. So I'm going to go next week. I'm going to go The World Below by Baby Strange, which is a Scottish post-punk band. If I'm off mic, it's because I'm looking for a pen. You know, just to lean to my strengths. You know, post-punk's definitely my thing. Well, listening to dogs with squeaky toys is mine. It's a very squeaky toy, I have to say. She's a whole fucking room away, too. Wow, she's really squeaking. I've been instructed not to swear at the dog, which sounds like an absolute can't take. Um, so, we've <laughs> Baby Strange, was it not? Baby Strange. Baby Strange. Look, you know, Scottish post-punk, what, what could go wrong? What could go right? We've been accounted that. It, it, Scottish music's all upbeat and happy and... Hey, we're near fucking miserable up here. Being Scottish <laughs> is shite. Uh, what led you to the baby strange? Is it the baby? Stra- is it the strange baby in the in the toilet in transporting? Because I hope not. Actually, this might be. Uh, I, I didn't I went think through, they'd sign them for a recording career. I, I went through Metacritic a few uh, weeks ago and basically just read their one line, re- you know, reviews of yeah. of all the albums that have been reviewed this, uh, released this oh, year. Oh, that's and just good, went- because other people's opinions we've often found to be reliable uh, indicators of, of music quality. Oh no, no, no! These aren't opinions. They're like general descriptions of, and they're like really, they're really um, bland descriptions of of. Uh, I'm beginning to think my wife is doing this on purpose, <laughs> as a way of undermining the podcast. I see you. I see what you're doing. You'll never hear this because you don't listen Look, to the podcast. We 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 can do our own job undermining the podcast. We yes, don't need help. We don't need any fucking augmentation. Uh, okay, so what have you got that is a new? So I've got a band of chooks from America's uh, called Mama, and they're in that kind of nineties um, girl uh, sort of girl rock kind of right girl space. They've had a co-sign from Veruca Salt, who are a big um, influencer theirs. And I saw um, Louise from Veruca Salt um, gave them a big up on her on her um, Instagram recently. So I think what we're going to get is a whole lot of kind of Veruca Salt's later kinney uh, kind of noise, but in a more pleasant way than Oceanator, which didn't really work out in any way, shape, or form. Mm. So that's my album of the week, Mama's new album. Um, I can't remember the title, but it's got a station wagon on the front. So do you do you have a Joker that you really want to go with? What's the where where are you going to land on that? Uh let's go with. Should we should we do a um. Should we do a, a legacy band? Should we do Cooler Shaker, who have come back with a new album? Okay. I haven't, haven't thought of or about Cooler Shaker since yeah, about 1997. Um, I'm assuming they're still doing the same kind of uh, smoked all the drugs at Woodstock and uh, still spaced out from it kind of noise. Uh, they were kind of one of my... There were a lot of, of kind of late Britpop bands that were annoying and shit like Bush. Um, but I kind of found Cooler Shaker, even though they were clearly very obviously a pastiche band, even more so than fucking Oasis were, they, I found them quite charming in the fact that they were completely open about the fact, yeah, we're just doing psychedelia, you know, George Harrison plays a sitar and discovers fucking, um, discovers acid kind of, kind of tunes because they did them quite well. I mean, Hey Dude is a 
banger. It's a serious. I love Hey Dude. It's a fantastic song. They did a really good cover of uh, Deep Purple's Hush, uh, the, the first the first Deep Purple single uh, that was quite good as well. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do now, so far away from their peak period, and they didn't really have much of a peak period anyway. So that's my pick is Cooler Shakers do well. Well, which again I don't know the name for because I don't have Spotify in front of me because well, I'd be prepared. That involves work. So, someone's got to take all the drugs because no one's taking him at Splendor in the Grass, thanks to Queen, the <laughs> Queensland Police Force. They've all been eaten in a, in, a, in an airport line. Yeah. So, which is where you want to be high, really, is in an airport. Yes, lots of, you, you lots need, of things to, to, need do. to be paranoid and terrified off your chops in an airport line, and then you get to Splendor, and the whole first day's washed out because La Nina is a bitch, and she's not here for you having a good time. That's the end of your fucking funds. I was chatting to someone on Twitter this week that basically said, you know, my idea of a good festival is like 300 people and it's inside and I get to sit down at this stage of my... And It's a winery tour, isn't it? It's <laughs> a winery tour in an airport hangar. And and, and, and in a weird kind of... And I, I can't believe I'm going to admit this on Alcohol's internet, but I got a sick thrill out of seeing Splendor in the Glass get cancelled because <laughs> fuck you people. You get to go to festivals and I don't because I'm not in any position to go to festivals anymore. And even if I was, I wouldn't because I'm old and washed and I like, as Bezo was pointed out, yeah, I like you know comforts. not having to queue for a horrible beer. I like getting nice beer and I like not having to stand because I'm old and one of my, one of my feet hurt. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed the fact that your, your festival was ruined because, I mean, the bands you wanted to go and see were terrible anyway. So, fuck you. Welcome back to our music podcast. <laughs> but he, he pointed out that, like, it's nuts if you think about it now that there was ever such a thing as a one city music festival. <laughs> like, and I never thought of that that way. But if you tried to describe Livid to someone now, they're like, well, how did that work? How could you get people to fly to the other side of the world for one show? <laughs> Yeah, but they were never doing one show. They were always no, doing... No, no, They'd go and do side tours, yeah, but... Yeah, but and that was the problem like, with Live at the time of year that they were doing it was always... That was the reason it fell over in the end, was that it was at a time of year when bands weren't generally touring Australia because they tended to want to do it in summer. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just... I, I did I did laugh. I was like, that's that's a very good point. That like Now, you know, you've got to do... like. Even Splendor, Splendor's sort of seen that way, but it's off the back of, is it the one in Japan? There's there's another big festival in the Southern Hemisphere that Splendor basically, like you can look at that other festival and go, oh, okay, well, that's who's going to be at Splendor from overseas because they've, you know, it's a hop, skip and a jump compared to, you know, flying from the UK or flying from America. Yeah, but also the Australian industry is at a much more mature stage than it was even True. in the era of Homebake. So you could do you could make Splendor in the Grass essentially home bake with a couple of invited guests, mm. and there would be enough of an audience that I think it wouldn't really make a lot of fucking difference. No, particularly post pandemic when we got used to the idea of just you know, you know, it's hard to get people in, so why don't we just enjoy the people we've got? Yeah, I think it's almost like, well, when's the last time Splendor wasn't sold out? Like I think. People go to go to Splendor, right? It's not yeah. necessarily. Oh, well, I'll wait and see what bands are announced. It's just I'm, I'm going to a festival, you know. Yeah. Um, Big day out was like that until it wasn't back in the day. Mm, yeah. Anyway, Doc, um, 
That was quick. I, I actually, I, I really enjoyed this week of music. Uh, even though you didn't like Metric as much as I did, I thought I thought it was a lovely uh, juxtaposition of styles. I quite enjoyed that's it. That's almost a word. Almost a word. Well, it's Friday, mate. You get any words out of me? That's fucking. Good. That's that's valid too. I, I drove like I drove from the top of the South Island to the bottom of the South Island yesterday. So uh, getting any words out of me in, in any forum is, is an achievement at this stage. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that was it. That was our music podcast. Yep. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we might do a sports podcast next week. Might Depends not if there's anything to fucking talk about, which I suspect there isn't. Alright. Catch you next week, folks. See you, Doc. about sport and I can't fucking remember what it was. Well, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Fuck. It wasn't a good enough it wasn't a good enough take. It wasn't good enough to like, say on the podcast, but it was good enough to well, do in the after dark of a music episode. No, it was more like this isn't enough to, to talk about for a whole episode. Mm. But I but I should mention it to you and now I've completely my mind's just fucking gone to mush after this week. I I literally got the first time I got time to do the edit was I had a, a meeting at lunch and I could have gone back into work and I was like, no, I need to go home and sit in front of the laptop and do this fucking edit or it won't get done. Oh, fuck. Uh, it's, it's, what we do is not that important. No, no, that's true. But it's, it's, it's sometimes therapeutic just to stick fucking beds under under some chat and, and just do it. And, and it's, in a way, it's, it's kind of, um, it's almost mindfulness. Just make it as nice as you can. Mm. Just, just, make, just do little clever things that only you will ever notice, like the way that you frame things, or put a little bed under it, under a certain bit of the conversation that, uh, yep. that maybe three of the listeners will actually get the reference to. Uh, but it's just about sort of to making stuff that that amuses you. Um, uh, there was the other one that um, uh, they were talking about live and the fact that live is turning into. A reasonably successful um, proposition. Yeah, they're going to win, aren't they? They're going to carry Packer this. Uh, oh, it, it, particularly it looks with, like it. Well, it, I did not think they were going to because I thought they're just going to throw money at washed idiots like Phil Mickelson and all the rest of them. But if they're going to get Cameron Smith, who's just off the back of winning the, the Open, uh, Adam's going to be so upset that he misses the golf chat. Um, they're going to win. Um, and I don't want to see the Saudis win, but it's golf. So, yeah, you, I could, mean, it's, you couldn't get a better match. It's final right? cunts anyway. So who cares? <laughs> but so if there's a lockout, which it looks like there absolutely is going to be because, but, but only a lockout of the PGA tour and that no, one, no. that one no, major they have control over. No, no. If there's an NBA lockout next. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you meant of, of the, the live guys from the, the major, they'll lock them out of the PGA tour, but they only control one of the majors, yeah. and the other three majors they'll let them into. So if there's a if there, if there's an NBA lockout and Katie and Kyrie decide, let's just start our own series. We don't need owners, and Amazon Saturday go money. 
Or or even Amazon. Amazon could go, look, we'll, we'll just pay you guys direct. We, we don't need to pay the owners. We don't need to pay the NBA. I don't know. We, I think the problem is that that would put Amazon at risk of losing losing business with the other credible sports leagues. Mm. Like I don't I think they're more worried about making sure that they get some of that NFL pie because that's more more valuable to them. And the NFL is is run as a very conservative cabal whereby they might look at that and go, well, we don't want the sort of people who would yeah. do that to uh because we don't know if you're going to do that to us. Uh, not that the NFL are really any risk of doing that sort of stuff, but also the idea of anybody setting up a competitive, a comp- the last competitor to the NBA went broke in 1976. So I don't think either, I mean, I'm sure Corey would suggest it. I think KD would be like, you know, no, mate, we're, we're, he's familiar enough with his limitations to understand that this is fucking nonsense. Mm. And we yeah. still haven't figured out whether, whether he wants to trade to get away from Kyrie or in solidarity with Kyrie. That's <laughs> well, what we call thing, messaging, folks. The thing is, like, I don't think either of them are going anywhere, at least not this year. I don't think any – well, given that given the, this ridiculous number of – I think um, if Brooklyn – Brooklyn don't want to keep them, but if they wanted to keep them, then their case would have been benefited by the fact that um, Ronnie Flange got a million picks for Rudy Gobert. And, mm. you know, the idea – well, if that's – even though every situation is independent of, it, of the others, that kind of sets a market for KD such that you have to give your entire franchise away in order to get KD. So no one's going to do it because he's really old and is coming off a million busted bits. Oh, that, I think that's what that's what I wanted. Like, evidently, all other teams are really pissed at, at the Timberwolves, right? For Yeah, that, for just giving up bullshit for a, a flawed idiot, basically. Yeah, except if you're the Timberwolves, right? And you've made look. What do you what do you want to do? Do you want to actually have a go at it, or do you want to be the Sacramento Kings for the rest of time? I, I can sort of understand what they're doing, but it's they're not like, going to be anything more than the Sacramento Kings. Oh no, that but they'll be the they'll be the sixth seed. Why? Sac sac because they haven't been. Because I think they've got Rudy the Gobert, and that they're in the West. They're still yeah, but, in the West. They didn't get. They didn't but if get you're, the, if, the, you're the the Tim- if you're the Timberwolves and you said, "Would you like four years of being the sixth seed?" But, they, but Rudy Gobert doesn't make you the sixth seed. Rudy Gobert just makes you a team with Rudy Gobert in it. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't that. think Rudy Gobert does fucking shit. I, 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 think, I think Gobert's not the problem. I think Mitchell might actually be. Well, Mitchell's just another gunner, and, and there's plenty of gunners. He is, he is the prototypical New York Nick. He, he is exactly what. Like, Danny Ainge's just like licking his lips at getting Nick fixed. Here, have a have a suboptimal guard that's too short to pair with another suboptimal guard who's too short, and I'll have your picks. Thank you very much. And the team will never amount to anything while I'm there. They'll have to get rid of me, and then they'll actually do something. True, but but like the next GM of the Jazz is going to have like all this stuff to play with. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Especially you're saying that Danny Danny Age is his history's greatest martyr. He, he has to suffer just like just like his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He basically sacrifices himself so that further GMs can live. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a, he's a Trumpian flog. Ah, uh, well. You know, the, the NBA sort of uh, brought out its true colours where they were like, no, no, we'll not take any any meaningful action against fucking rancid states that protect the rape of 14-year-olds over. It's weird, isn't it? It's, it's like, really odd dude, because they, stand like, your fuck up. Like, like we talked about a few weeks ago, 
they went out on a much bigger limb Mm. on a much, and I hate to say this, a much more marginal story, which a story that affects fewer people, which is the transgender bathroom thing, which is absolutely, they should have stood up on that. But But they should also stand up for something that, like, affects half the world's population. (laughs) But... I guess they've done the maths and they figure that 40% of the, of the, world's pop, of the United States population are a bunch of fucking cleavuses. Well, you know, I, get, I, I guess it's probably more a lot of their, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. get it. It's, 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 it's I don't get it's it at fucking all. fucking weird. I don't see how this is more controversial than, you know, fucking. I mean, I literally, I watched a NASCAR race and there was a car with a pride livery on it in a NASCAR race. If NASCAR can do this sort of shit. Can be, you know, like moderately, you know, 20 or 22 in their world outlook. Why the fuck can't the NBA? Mm, seems weird. Basically, what we're saying on, on this, our NBA podcast is you should watch more NASCAR. <laughs> or golf. <laughs> no, don't watch more golf because it's either Saudis or it's worse people than Saudis who are making money. Also, they need to give back all their public space. Now, do it. <laughs> Yeah, or like And my dog like, agrees because she's squeaking along in, in unison with me. All right, Doc. Good to chat to you, man. Hope it's better than the off. shouty dinosaur. I mean basically this this is this is what we've got for the next, for this series of both podcasts. We don't have the, the shouty dinosaur. We have a eleven month old Labrador puppy with a squeaky toy. About You're a massive level. dickhead, Luna. About the same level as dis- of discourse. Yep. She right. made better points than me. I think I lost that one. See you dude. Cheers, man. I feel like a man